but the one guy would raise his hand and say, ooh, 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 you know, <laughs> and that's yeah. the way I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm your host, Daniel Fox, here with my great friend, Tom Belzamo, and uh, it was kind of fun syncing up today because we have a guest, and so we're all syncing up, and I sort of feel like we're in preschool, like... <laughs> all clap and we're not on time and you know it's right, like right. we're in very um very uh what did you call it a preliminary yeah. um uh music education Get ready. Yes. one two right. <laughs> clap with me now right. so anyway okay well, you, we're, you we're say uh, you say he's a guest but he's practically home folk by this point now so he's been on before he's he is a, not new if, if we have regular li- listeners he is not yes. new to the podcast and so we are glad to have uh, Brother Scott Blair with us, who will be helping us uh, discuss more uh, the Psalter, because that was a discussion in our last episode, and you were asking, do I know anybody? You didn't think you really knew anybody that used one, um, and lo and behold, we certainly do. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we launch into it, though, I want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash reason together. Thank you for everything you do to um, to pay the bills, keep the lights on and uh, and support us in the way that you do. It's meaningful. We certainly appreciate it. Yes. Well, um, I suppose we should get into some of our feedback here Yeah. Um, from the last episode then or a couple episodes. Is there anything in particular you'd like to hit first? Well, yeah. Uh, um, let's see here. Um I'm looking for Herman asks a good question. Um, he was wondering about five star reviews. When we mentioned five star reviews, uh, are we talking about uh, our listeners going on and reviewing every episode, or is it simply where they go on and they review our podcast as a whole? Uh, the latter, not the former. Um, so if you go on the uh, what is it now? Apple Podcasts used to be iTunes. You can uh, leave a review for the podcast uh, as a whole. Um, if you've already done that in the past, if you want to try it again, go for it. <laughs> it might let <laughs> yeah. you, it might not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that works if you've already left one, but Hey, might as, might as well try it and, uh, and leave us a five star review. Right. Unless you went on before and left a five star and you're wanting to go on and like demote it to a three or a two. Don't worry about it. It probably won't work. Yeah. No, no need to do that. It's not worth your time. No, yeah, not worth uh, your time. Your time's more valuable than that. Just, yeah. uh, Keep listening. And anytime, anytime we get less than five stars, it's a technical glitch anyway. <laughs> so um, that's what it is. Yeah. And those, and those bad reviews after the five stars, those are just hackers and, and spammers. That's and right. those are other actual podcast creators who are jealous of yep. the niche. Spam, that we're, uh... <laughs> spam bots. Yep. Fake accounts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I didn't read uh, the other one here from Floyd. Do you want to? Is that um, maybe, yeah, maybe that's can... more for the? Um, I, I want to read Carl's here first. Oh yeah, yeah. Link okay. that one. Okay, Carl. Thank you for writing. You said greetings. I enjoy listening to your podcast to get different perspective on religious life and theology. And uh, I guess that'd be a way to put it: religious life, because that's uh, that's kind of what it is. I mean, when you're Christian, life is, I guess, religious. But. Um, anyway, um, and so I, I appreciate that you're open to perspective in that way, particularly ours. (laughs) Um, it seems to me that sometimes I hear statements on the podcast where it's clear that some education needs to happen to widen one's view beyond the Baptist milieu. 
which certainly I suppose that's true. I don't um, honestly have much probably time or opportunity at the at the moment to really read or invest myself in in understanding, say, the Lutheran and Episcopal, uh, Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. um, liturgical, um, yeah. you know, things right now. Not that I haven't known something about it, but uh, you're right. Uh, we certainly are at home. Sure. Where we're at. Right. I mean, we don't exactly travel every Sunday to a different type of church to see how things are done there. We, we, we've grown up in this. This is what we know. Yeah, yeah. No. So, but again, thanks for listening to the perspective. He mentions um, every Sunday in liturgical denominations, and he lists a few. There is an Old Testament or Acts reading and a New Testament reading, along with a psalm or an excerpt of a longer psalm. Frequently, the psalms are sung in one form or another, chant or responsorial. I can tell you that many Episcopal churches do Anglican chant for the psalms, and it's beautiful. I bet it is. There's plenty of examples on YouTube. In the Netherlands, all right, the predominant church is the Reformed Church, a Calvinist sect. Dealing these, excuse me, singing the Psalms was a big deal to Calvin. And in a modern Dutch Reformed service, Psalms are regularly sung using settings by Lourdes, Lois or Louise Bourgeois, composed in the 16th century. You are no doubt familiar with Old 100th, Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. And what do we call that? Um, The doxology. Yes, thank you, doxology. Um, As for hymns paraphrasing the Psalms, look in the back of most mainline Protestant hymnals, and you'll find an index of scriptural references. This index includes more than just Psalms, but scripture passages that have been adapted to congregational singing. It is helpful for choosing hymns for a Sunday service when a particular scripture is read. Neat idea there. Um, I believe it was St. Augustine that said, the person who sings prays twice. I certainly agree that singing is a great aid to memorization. Blessings on your ministries. Hey, thanks, Carl. I sure sure appreciate Mm you uh, chiming in. I do. Uh, All right. Well, at this time, why don't we, um, as we're bringing in uh, Floyd's um, uh, feedback here, I want to introduce, and and you've introduced him before, and you know him better, but Pastor Scott Blair um, has been a contributor to our blog and a personal friend, and um, and I look forward to getting to know him better. I actually get to sort of see him face-to-face for the first time tonight, and I'm glad to welcome him back on the show, and, and I look forward to our conversation here about the Psalter, because you guys, um, you guys apparently sing from the Psalter. You th- sung through almost all of the Psalms, am I correct? Yes, yeah, we we uh, good. We started good. about four years ago, and we're about a dozen four away years. from from getting through them all, I believe. So, okay, good. Remind me, um, Pastor Blair, what church you pastor and where? Tell our listeners that. We pastor um, Willow Grove Baptist Church. It's an independent Baptist church about an hour south of Pittsburgh in uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. Very good. Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, Tom, you want to jump in with Floyd's thing, or do you have a question you want to start us off with? Yeah, no, we can jump in with Floyd's here, and hopefully that okay. will get uh, get things flowing here, because I, I have questions. So, um, <laughs> Floyd writes in, says, I was reminded of a question regarding hymns versus 711 songs while listening to podcast 154, Do You Psalter? Uh, for, for context, listeners, if you don't know what a 711 song is, it is... Uh, songs that have seven words <laughs> repeated 11 times. 11 times, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a really good question, by the way. Uh, thank you, Floyd. So he goes on and says, what is the difference between singing repetitive worship songs and hymns which repeat a chorus? Some hymns are very repetitive, such as Nothing But the Blood, or I Need Thee Every Hour, uh, Since I Have Been Redeemed, or No, Not One. 
My explanation involves the difference in cadence or a fleshly tendency to sway. Uh, contrast that to a repeated statement of truth. This is not an acceptable answer to someone that just wants to listen to CCM. You may be able to help in communicating a clearer response. Thank you, Floyd. Um, what do you think? Well, I think what you're referring to, Floyd, as far as more technically speaking, is what I've heard defined as a gospel song, the difference between a hymn and a gospel song. A gospel song will tack on that chorus. And um, maybe one of you knows better than I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that that um, at least some of that shift happened or at least was visible in the time of the... Um, I want to say tent meetings. That's not the right uh, term, but in camp, the evangelistic camp, crusades, camp meetings, mm -hmm. yeah, okay, camp meetings where yeah. you had, you know, you had several churches in a city grouped together, um, and and you would use maybe a song like this. Number one, that was peppy, but two, um, it was the chorus was, you know. Um, for I guess it is is easier to catch a hold of, right? It wasn't yeah. brand new words every verse of the song, but there's something that you could grab a hold of, and even the kids could sing. No, not one. No, not one. You know, something that's easy for the uh, all age groups to sing, and so that mm -hmm. that is part of the progression of, um, of of modern music. But as far as um, the difference between singing a song with a chorus and singing only a chorus. Um, it, it still does go, I mean, there's, it's such a, there's so many different things to look at here. So many angles, it seems yeah. like it'd just be a simple answer. Like, well, one's wrong, one's right. Or that's what, at least sometimes maybe we, what we want to say. Sure. Well, and, and I guess in order for us to be fair, we've got to acknowledge that the term seven eleven songs <laughs> is kind of a term coined in criticism of songs that are too repetitious. I don't know of a song personally, maybe there is one where it's the same seven words repeated 11 times. Um, I, I don't think that's like a, like an actual thing. Is that? Um, well, I don't know. I haven't actually counted words or I'm not real familiar with contemporary choruses. However, I'll say that, uh, when we sing, God is so good, God is so good. God is so good. He is so good to me. We're singing about seven words right. there. You know what I mean? In, isn't that a kid's song? A Didn't, did that start as a kid's song? Or no? Good question. I don't know. I mean, it certainly could have because again, it's easy to pick up. But we just, right. you know, we just sang it. Was it was it last week? Uh, no, maybe I guess no. It was over the phone. But anyway, yeah. uh, one that's been sung in, in our service. Yeah. Um, of course, I, I know there's other verses to it. <laughs> yeah. in the next right. seven, he answers. Prayer. Right. Yeah. I've just always heard it in the context of children singing. That's really that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, past, Pastor Blair, you have any thoughts on yeah on this question? Yeah, I, th I think just hitting on the idea of purpose there to me is what makes really makes the distinction is that uh, even like a, a, a hymn, I think technically has the idea of something that's praising or reverencing or worshiping God, you know, something like um, how great thou art, something like that, where it's, it's mm -hmm. the focus of it's reverencing and worshiping God for who he is, where a spiritual song is just that it's a it's a spiritual song and in, in, in content uh, rather than a, you know, like a carnal song. But right. then when you get to the rep the repetition thing, I do believe that, you know, um, for children's songs and for some of the repetition, if, if the purpose was we have this, we're having these camp meetings, not everybody can read one, uh, Not we don't have hymn books for everybody too. So we want to come up with simple songs that we can sing together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a, that is a part of a purpose that I think is, 
is, you know, obviously legitimate where some of the other purpose sure. of Seven Eleven is almost, um, it's almost like the vain repetition where it almost puts people in an emotional state or an emotional type. Right. Of- yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. You've heard the criticism lobbed at some types of preaching styles before in which a guy just keeps repeating the same statement more, you know, faster and louder until he drums the crowd up into some frenzy and it just ends in this crescendo in which everyone is shouting amen and jumping out of their seats because essentially thinking was removed after the first time it was said, (laughs) right? They got the statement when you said it the first time, right? But every repeated measure of it is just said in a much more emotional and frenzied way until people are all worked up. So thinking kind of left the process after the first statement and it became an emotional push afterwards. And I wonder if maybe some songs are overly repetitious in the same way. Um, it When you talk about a chorus, it's kind of like a number of other things. Um, uh, you know, we talk about the internet. Oh, the internet is evil and wicked. No, no, the internet's simply a tool. Oh, television, televisions are, are, are of the devil. Well, actually, it's just a box sitting in your thing. It's what you do yeah. with it. Well, similarly sure. with a chorus, um, okay, a chorus is a memorization aid. It's um, maybe a, um, we, we might say it's a shallower uh, piece of music, meaning that it only contains so much substance. However, that little bit of substance can be yeah. pretty substantive. But what I'm saying is that, just because CCM uses choruses, it's not the chorus that's necessarily at fault. There's still a musical structure, and as Pastor Blair says, an intent. Um, yeah. There's a chordal structure, and the whole feeling that's intended by the repetition and by the chordal structure and the feeling that they're trying to evoke uh, includes a chorus, but it's not necessarily impugning the chorus so much the cor- that the fact that there's only a few words um, yeah. that contain a certain truth. That's not the problem. Really. Yeah. Now, I guess in the context of singing from a Psalter, like, like you guys do, Pastor Blair, you would probably find, and correct me if I'm wrong, that with very few exceptions, there's almost no repetition at all. There, yeah, there isn't. There isn't other than like, uh, I think it's Psalm, whether it's 136, one, I can't remember where it says. Right. Um, I, th- I think it's 136, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his I mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever, and and we yeah. just—that's yeah. one we just did. And in the Psalter, it's it, it's it's a uh, his mercy sure it will it will endure something like that forever. Mm-hmm. And you know that that was the closest thing we right. ever got to. And even so, it would be more common. It would be more similar to like our spiritual songs where you sing a verse, and then you tag that on the end. So you know, the bulk of what you were singing wasn't repetitive mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. again. You're singing a little bit right. of truth and tagging it with that truth about God's mercy. And then yeah. a little bit of truth, God's mercy, a little bit of truth, God's mercy. So, uh, you know, I, but that's the only thing, that's the only one I can think of that really would be anywhere close to that. Right. So now with, with singing that, um, I'm, I guess I'm just s- sort of wondering, I mean, you kind of indicate there that the wording has been changed to make it more of a song. Right. Yes. Uh, let me let me okay. read you. This is I. I'll read you uh, if we want to talk about the Psalter itself. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I use the uh, the. Um, it's called the uh, Psalm and the Meter in, of of David and Meter, and it's sometimes called the 1650 Scottish Psalter, something along those lines. Okay. 
Okay. But okay. Uh, I, we have ours. We bought ours from Trinitary. Trinitarian Bible Society makes them available. And so we have them right alongside the hymn book of our church to sing. So we have as many of these in the pew as we do our hymn book. Okay. But uh, the idea here, it says translated and diligently compared with the original text and former translations, more plain, smooth, and agreeable to the text than any heretofore. Then it says allowed by the authority of the General Assembly of the Kirk of Scotland and appointed to be sung in congregations and families. Hmm. So kind of what you guys went back to is that a lot of, a lot of what you have as far as singing psalms really um, – if we if we compare it to our bibliology, would be kind of dynamic equivalents or um, mm-hmm. complete. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm lost for the like word. thought for thought. Like, yeah, like the thought, thought is for there. Thought or yeah, or yeah, or paraphrasing. Their their goal was to give a literal translation. So okay. they went back. They went back to the original text. They went back to the Masoretic text and did a word for word translation, comparing it to. Obviously, the English translations of the time, King James would have been done by now, but others as well. And I, I would, I would just say it would be kind of like this, like the, just as the King James was a, you know, an attempt at a word-for-word translation for English-speaking people um, to be able to read, to study, you know, to use in public worship and things like that. Uh, these people, uh, shortly after the King James was translated, had the same burden to make the, the Psalms available for English speaking people to sing. Hmm. Um, and for the common man, as I was telling um, brother Bozamo, I said, you know, when I was, when I began looking through this, I began to realize, you know, the song, what makes the Psalms different from a hymn or a spiritual song is that these, these are God's words. And so whatever type of uh, theology I'm going to have around singing, thong, singing the Psalms, it should match uh, my bibliology. So, you know, I don't want to use a yeah, mm-hmm. dynamic equivalent translation or a paraphrase in my church service. I don't, you know, if I have, you know, if I have the opportunity to sing a, a word for word translation in my own language of the Psalms, I'd certainly go for that rather than, you know, singing a Psalm of some other s- dynamic equivalency or whatever. Now, c- let me interrupt you here for just a second, because somebody asked me this question um, Sunday, just uh, just uh, here a few days ago, a couple days ago. And said, um, does a psalm, you know, when, when we're kind of going into defining the terms, I guess I said, it sure be nice if we knew, you know, what's the difference? There's, so there's some distinction between a, a psalm, a hymn, and a spiritual song. Otherwise, he wouldn't have <laughs> identified them. But when we talk about a psalm, do you think that a psalm is strictly um, something that was given to someone and preserved in our scriptures? Or... Did we just have? Did our scriptures contain psalms? Do you understand what I'm asking? I mean, are the only are psalms there, that were ever in existence inspired psalms? Is right. that what you're asking? Right. Is a psalm something that's distinctively Christian or even uh, Jewish, or or is are the only psalms in existence 150 in our Bible? I mean, wouldn't there have to have been some sort of cultural context in which psalms were inspired? Well, sure. M- meaning right. that they were familiar with the concept of it before with the it was given. the concept and the structure. Okay. Right. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of building on that question then, you know, if there were other psalms and we just happen to have some of them, what's to say that we're not singing something akin to a psalm now? If David wrote something embodying um, a truth about God 
and someone writes something now embodying a truth about God, how is that different? You don't understand what I'm saying? Not what you are saying is that Psalms, the Psalms that we have, yes, are the words of God. Indeed, yeah. you know, they were inspired. I understand that. But I yeah. mean, he's kind of really correlating it to, because we were saying, oh, it's a symptom of, you know, a, a church that's gone, you know, that's gone south, that they're not singing Psalms. And he's like, well, how do we know in a, in a way we're not singing Psalms? They're just modern Psalms. You understand hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to answer. I don't know how I would answer that, but if, if a psalm so, is okay, if, so, you're, so you're basically saying, what if psalm is broader category than just the psalms that we have in scripture? Correct. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. As, as defining it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Jesus mentioned psalm in uh, the road to Emmaus and he meant psalms. <laughs> he meant scripture. Right. So I would assume that that would carry into the New Testament use of that. I don't, you know, are there, are there, are there, you you know, are there New Testament uses of it? I see. Being not scripture or, you know, I, I mean, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know that I have a definitive answer, but as I see it used in scripture and the, you know, the places we're talking about, like, you know, Colossians and Ephesians, and then in James, he talks about, if you're married, saying Psalm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm assuming mm-hmm, he's talking Psalms, about right. scripture. That's what I'm, I'm assuming. Okay. From, okay. from my perspective, I, you know, but I, I, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know that I have an answer about that. So the point you are making though, is that because the Psalm, the, the Psalter here is dealing with actually the, the text of inspired scripture, you want a clo- as close a translation as you can get, not just a general paraphrase of the Psalms that the right. Psalter is striking at, uh, at a, you know, a good translation of the original text. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's neat that that's available to us. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't say like I, if you guys are familiar with the Trinity Hymnal, there's a Trinity Hymnal with a Baptist edition, and it's it's got um, it's got quite a few Psalter or Psalm singing in there, but it's not all. Mm-hmm. I think it has some. I think it has some Psalms out of this Psalter, but it also has some of the other variety that we're talking about. And I, you know, like I don't have a problem singing those. I think I think uh, sure. I think there are any any attempt at singing the psalms is you know worthy of because uh, there, there mm-hmm. are some good ones. But why I'm particularly drawn to this one is because it it's a it's a word for word translation of uh, of the Masoretic text. Uh, the only purpose is they were they were translating to purposely sing the psalms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, like I was telling Brother Bozama as well that uh, the other the other objective they had was to make he and they say that in the opening plain smooth and agreeable i think some of the attempts at writing salt the psalter before were a little bit tough for the common man maybe it wasn't as wasn't as right. plain smooth or agreeable so i think as the the idea of the psalter is very similar to the english bible you know get the get the truth in in the common man let the common man be able to do this so every one of these psalms in this psalter that we use, the sixteen fifty psalter, it's all written in what's called common meter, which is eight six eight six. Okay, huh. so even even old one hundred is eight 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 eight. I think it's in the eight eight meter, eight 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 eight. This okay. is all in eight. Okay. Every one's in eight six, which common meter. You know, it's something that everybody's familiar. Like like I said, with the the t- many of the tunes that are in eight six are Amazing Grace. Okay. Uh, Old Lang Syne, for example, I sing the mighty power of God. There, there's so many. Blessed be the name. Those are all different tunes of eight six eight six. 
Now, when mm-hmm. you say 8686, to kind of clarify for our listeners, uh, we're talking about like um, phrase lengths, basically, right? Um, right. Yeah. We're not that, talking about the t- the, um, the, me- the the measure of signature. the song or the time signature. We're talking about basically right. the, it has to do with the syllables. Yes. So the first yes. line will okay. have eight syllables. The second line will have six syllables, six. followed okay. by eight, followed by six. So <clears throat> you go back to, again, we clapped, you know. four syllables you know like that but um but that's how that's how they're measured out so the the great thing about this is that you know uh, even if you don't have hardly any musical ability you can take the tune of amazing grace and you can sing every psalm in the psalter to that tune you don't need any more than Mm. that Wow. As a matter of fact in the psalter there's no music it's just I mean I can show you guys this It's, it's just words we just pick it up. Oh, we tell okay, the congregation okay. the tune we're singing to, and then you just sing the words. Um, they hmm. what they do make, and they're they're hard to find and they're expensive, but they make a this sixteen fifty, and it's called a split leaf. So okay. the bottom, the book hinges yes. in the middle. The bottom opens right. up to the salt, the psalm you're singing, and the top gives you the the tune, so the, that you can mix t- and match okay. them. You know, and uh, yes, and you right. and you can that's, you can that's sing. That's really neat. You know, you can sing every psalm in here to Amazing Grace, or you can sing Psalm 23 to as many different 8686 tunes as you want to right. find or come up with. So do, um, how do the people typically do with with following along with that? Is it, is it just to be expected that it'll be a little more disjointed than a traditional hymn, or do people pick it up pretty well? Yeah, it's, it's, they, they, they actually pick it up pretty well. All things considered, that being said, it is more challenging. It is more challenging because it's just a simple fact. The more familiar you are, familiar you are with the song, the better you sing it. Sure. Right. I mean, so I mean, you can take somebody with the best voice and if you throw a brand new hymn at them, they're going to struggle because they don't even know where they're going. They haven't yeah. even, you know, but by the third or fourth chorus, maybe for the third or fourth uh, verse of the song, you know, they're starting to sing out pretty good. They're getting familiar with the. So, you know, like with the Psalter here, you're singing a different Psalm every time and there is no repetition. So part of it is the challenge of singing the Psalter is a little different than singing a hymn. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact of every time you approach it, there's going to be unfamiliarity. Yeah. uh, It's challenging. Sure. Could I, uh, could I play real quick a sample of what you sent me? This is, uh, oh yeah, this is Scottish metrical Psalter 1650 from the psalm sung dot uh, org and um, they have psalm one here and it's a familiar tune you you'll be able to recognize it when you hear it I, I can't quite make out the words but but see if you can as as I play it Psalm one, or at least the opening to it. Mm-hmm. Let, let me give you the like words. I, said, I can't, couldn't make out. I couldn't make out what they were saying. But um, let, let me give you the words. Too. I won't sing, but let me give you the sure. words. That okay. man hath perfect blessedness, who walketh not astray, in counsel of ungodly men, nor stands in sinners' way. So that's hmm. what they just sang. Now it's, that if you if you go to that link, those are really nice. They're very beautiful. 
they're hard to um, they're hard to sometimes hear and understand the words because they have a thick there's either Irish or or Scottish congregations. Yeah. So their their dialect is sometimes hard to pick up on if you don't have the words right in front of you. Um, right. But that's an yeah, that's so, an example of a familiar tune. Some of the some of the tunes that they sing um to in these churches that use them and have used them historically, um, they'll sing them a cappella. The, sometimes there's instrumentation. Um mm-hmm. Sometimes the the tune is familiar, and sometimes the tune is is um, it's a psalter tune, and it's a the way you sing that's a little more drawn out. Um, mm, okay, okay. Because I would say this, slower. you know, uh, not that the words of a spiritual song or a hymn aren't important, but when we're singing a psalter, when you're singing from the psalter, you're singing God's words back to Him, and so you want to. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not about the music; it's about the words. And it doesn't matter whether it's repetitive or this or that. You're singing these words, these God-inspired words, back to him in worship. So do you you always do them a cappella? No. We almost always use accompaniment with a piano, um, simply because we can use all the help we can get. Uh, (laughs) But but, uh, we do sing a a cappella. Yes, we sang, uh, I think it's... um, Sometimes we'll sing them to a, 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 um, an acoustic guitar if, if a piano player is not available. Sometimes we'll just sing mm-hmm. them a cappella. And, uh, you know, when we Do started, you, um, you know, I just pick, try to pick tunes that people are very familiar with. That, that That's a help. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, do you, how, how uh, rapidly, not how your meter, but I mean, are you singing one per week or uh, one per service, like a new one per service? How how you said it's been about four years and you've gotten through about 138. Yes. Um, when these, th- when these are broken down again, if you ever, if you get a chance to look at them, like in this Psalter, they're in, they're in, um, there's eight lines in each one. So eight, six, eight, six, eight, six, eight, six. So this amounts okay. to being kind of like, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll count through here on us when I'm getting ready and I'll say one, two, three groups of eight. That's like singing three choruses of a regular song. So we'll sing mm-hmm, all of song mm-hmm. all all of Psalm one. Um, okay, okay. But if it's generally but, if it's more if it's more than four more than four of those groups of eights, I'll break the psalm down into we'll sing. I mean, it may take us two or three right. Sundays to sing through You're a right. particular okay. psalm. It, it must take some getting used to because I would think that a lot of folks in our churches are used to hearing the song sort of resolve with some sort of refrain or mm-hmm. a chorus. And yet you don't really get that right. with a Psalter. Right. Now, some, sometimes we'll have a, a Psalm from the Psalter that we're singing that will end. In other words, that last, um, the last four lines you don't have because it, you know, it, it was cut in half. It, it didn't need four lines to finish the Psalm. If we're singing mm. a song that has the refrain that's eight six eight six as well, we'll go ahead and sing sing the refrain with it. Okay. Mm. If you're familiar with the song "I Love You, Lord," I thank you, Lord, for all you've done. You've proved your love to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, because of Calvary. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's a that's an eight six eight six song. It's really lovely to sing okay. to the to the to the Psalms. You see, the refrain of that song or the chorus of that song is eight six eight six as well. 
So if we get to a psalm and we get to the place where the psalm stops before the actual song ends, you know, we'll we'll just end it with "I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord," because of I Calvary. Love you, Lord, nice. Yeah, or whatever the yeah. refrain is. So sometimes we have closure like that, but generally it's not a big. It's it's generally it, it's not it's not as big of a deal as you think. It doesn't leave you. You never don't ever feel okay. like you're left hanging so much. Uh, I guess okay. maybe every once in a while, but not a lot. I don't I don't really feel that way. Right. Right. I guess one of the questions, and, and forgive me if this is maybe circling back a little bit, one of the questions in the original episode on this was, do you think that churches who don't use Psalters, like what you're describing, are churches like that disobeying the scriptures? or, or is I mean, in other words, do you think this is something that should be, what you're doing, should that be prescriptive? Um, well, you know, when I, I, I've thought about this some. And um, you know when I look at when I look at uh, Ephesians and Colossians, it uses it uses obviously psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. They seem to be a group, and they're mm-hmm. certainly attached to singing. But it also begins by saying, "Speaking to yourselves, teaching and admonishing one another." So I guess what I would say is, I know I know that um, from a Hebrew perspective, if you had this. Um, in Hebrew, and you were singing it in Hebrew, using the accenting to help you with your raising and lowering your voice and such. Um, you know, from a Hebrew perspective, it'd probably be much easier if you knew Hebrew and you were flowing in that, mm-hmm. and you grew up in that. To sing the Psalms in the original language would be probably easy for you. Translating that into the Gentile world, um, where maybe singing these Psalms isn't going to be either. The, maybe the uh, the ability to do it isn't as easily recognizable or available. I think, I guess what I'm saying here, the, the, long, the long way around is it seems like the speaking, teaching, and admonishing one another leave open the fact that you don't ne- you wouldn't necessarily have to sing the Psalms, but you could say them in some mm. way. So whoever the, uh, the, call, the, uh, the mm. patron that gave the question, he used several examples that churches that have a history of using the Psalms in worship, more maybe liturgical churches, mm. Um, that they mm-hmm. that they do have uh, maybe maybe reading them responsively that would be a way of speaking them one to another, right? Um, or huh. having public public reading or you know I, I you know I don't know about you know chanting and all that but see that would be a way that you're not necessarily <laughs> actually singing it but you're also you're publicly yeah. one another using the psalms. Uh, so I think it I think I guess I would say this where I'm at right now is I think churches. In other words, singing certainly something we can and could and should maybe do with the Psalms, but I don't think necessarily singing is exclusive. It seems like the Lord gives singing, certainly, but also he talks about speaking, teaching, and admonishing. Does that necessarily have to be through the medium of singing, or could it be through the medium of speaking these things to one another as well? Um, Like a responsive reading. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and I think I think when you take the, yeah the two New Testament parts of this, you know, uh, obviously the Colossians and Ephesians verses, that seems to be the corporate use of the Psalms. Um, James talks mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. "Is any man married? Let him sing Psalms." Personally, yeah. So there's yeah. a there's a command to sing the Psalms individually or personally. So corporately, personally, mm-hmm. um, commanded in the Old Testament, New Testament, you know, purposefully done by teaching and admonishing reciprocally done, you know, we're, we're to do it to yourselves, uh, right. one another. So those are both hmm. reciprocal pronouns. So there it's talk about, we need to, we need to do this to each other. So what's that look like? I think maybe it could look more broadly than just singing it. 
though singing right, is definitely right. included in it. Uh, the fact sure. that we have okay. a resource available to us, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're doing it. I'm not, myself personally, I'm glad we're sitting because well, sure. we do both. Sure. I, I, I told uh, Brother Bazamo every Sunday we have a portion of our time where we responsively, as a congregation, we have somebody up there leading, and he'll read, and we'll read back and forth whatever we're going to sing. Yes, and then we sing it together. So that okay. you hear it from okay. the scripture, you know, you hear it from the scripture and then it gets, it kind of gets really reinforced as you sing it. Sure. Right. Um, because the yeah. word order is different when you sing it. Sometimes the words that they choose to use because of syllables, um, they choose different words. So sometimes just that different way of articulating the same truth, but still being faithful to the precision of the words. I mean, it's really, it's really helpful sometimes, you know. It's a neat thought um, to kind of just get outside the the box there a little bit and think about, um, you know, how to how to expose and reinforce uh, expose our people to scripture and reinforce that in their minds, um, even in a say a back and forth um, yeah reading yeah neat <clears throat> yeah you gonna try it Daniel um, <laughs> at some point I'm sure we'll sing uh, we'll sing something yeah we'll give it a try try it. <laughs> Yeah, because okay. I, oh. I could see you being much better at uh, leading people into that than I would be. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you. Both of you have probably heard um, Psalm 23 from this, from this Psalter. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. That's it. He, yep. di- he makes me down to lie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. In pastures green, he leadeth me. da 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 that's it. The quiet waters by. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's the, you know, that's the, that's the, the translation from the 1650 Psalter. Now, okay. another neat thing that this thing will do every once in a while, every once in a while, it gives you more than one, uh, version. So sometimes okay. they'll have a, they'll have an eight, six, eight, six, and then sometimes they'll have one in a different meter. And we always love to take advantage of that different meter because you sing eight six eight six all the time, right? And, uh, <laughs> and it, it, believe me, there's plenty of hymns to choose. There's plenty of tunes to choose from from eight six eight six, and there's plenty of new ones to learn in eight six eight six. I mean, there's just gobs of them. Mm-hmm. Thus, the term common meter, right? Common so means. So, as far as like the original Psalter, obviously, um, you know. S- Someone came that this this they're trying to deal with the text as accurately as possible in in a singing style from from God's word, of course. Right. But the music then is composed by men, and they would have included hymns that apparently were condoned or approved by or created by the church, if you will. Um, and you're saying that you've even brought in another very modern uh, acceptable. 8686 tune. Um, so really this could, their, their original Psalter was sort of tunes that they, they suggested and came up with, but we could add several to that. Yeah. I think, I think they created this knowing that maybe, maybe even back in 1650 that there were, you know, the common meter, there were many tunes that people were familiar with that the common man could sing along, mm. you know, not Once so much already heard in church. Maybe, yeah, ones they had already heard in church because some mm-hmm. of those 8686 eight, are very, you know, they are old. They're, they're mm-hmm. old. Yeah, sure. And then some of the ones that they use, 
particularly for the Psalter. Um, if you, there, there was this app that I, I think I gave um, brother Bozamo a link to it's, it's six, 1650 Psalter. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's basically yep. the split leaf in digital form. So you can, oh, yes. okay. you can change this in and out. And then the middle section there, it says helps and it'll give you several tunes. Right. It, you know, it'll give you a, a whole list of eight, six, eight, six tunes. And uh, some of them are familiar, but most of them, we don't, you know, we don't sing them. So we're not familiar with them, but it would be fun to learn them. When I found this and it met, it matched my, our bibliology. Cause again, you know, we are, we believe in the King James Bible. We, we, you know, that's our, that's precise translation. We're staying behind it and all that. But at the same time, I'm not an English preservationist. So, you right. know. When I'm saying, when, yeah, just because we're not singing songs right. from the King James Bible doesn't mean I don't believe I'm. In other words, when I'm singing from this, I believe I'm singing scripture because this is a mm-hmm. precise mm-hmm. translation of those words in my language, you know, word for word, mm-hmm. arranged to be sung. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I'm, 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 uh, I'm singing scripture in my own vernacular, if you will. Just like whenever mm-hmm. I, Which, just when I read my Bible, I believe I'm reading God's words in my own vernacular, you know? Yeah. Which I, uh, I, I almost hate to use this word experience, but, um, it really does, you know, bring about that worshipful experience, doesn't it? When you understand what you're doing, that you're like, I'm, I'm actually singing God's words in praise to him, you know, um, that it should be taken seriously, mm-hmm. you know, um, that that's, uh, that's, that. But yeah, that's neat. This adds to the other uh, challenge. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's say that this adds to the other challenge of uh, singing the Psalter is that uh, the, the Psalter, just like if you preach through the Bible expositorily, it forces you to preach on things that you may you may or may not decide to preach on on your own. Because <laughs> right. the te- because God's word drives what you're preaching. You study the next mm-hmm. passage or you study the next several verses and you that's what you prepare and you preach. It forces you to preach God's mm-hmm. word. This forces you to sing God's word. It forces you to sing what you otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, it forces you to sing what you would not normally sing about, like God's judgment. I mean, when's the last time you sang a hymn about God's judgment? When's, when's the last songs. time you sang an imprecatory yeah. hymn? Men don't <laughs> write imprecatory <laughs> hymns. It's not conducive. It, does, it goes against what we want to do. But if you sing through the Psalms, well, guess what point. you got to sing? You have to sing imprecatory hymns if you're going to sing through the Psalms. Yeah. You mean I um, might have to sing something in church that doesn't make me feel good? Yes. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> um, and it, it, does, it does give you an opportunity to try to explain things to people. Like here, we're singing yes, this. We're singing true. this on purpose. These are God's words. He's commanding us to sing them. So... Um, and you try to you try to be you know it gives you really an opportunity to teach or help to explain folks a little bit about that um, those imprecatory yeah. psalms and um, uh, some of the feelings that go along with that or and how you relate that to God and Him being just yeah. and, a, and a judge of sin and you know if man can hate if man can hate the uh, unjustness of other men to this extent how much more does God hate it you know or Kind right. of that idea, but you try to tie it together so it doesn't just sound like you're just singing a vindictive curse on somebody or yeah. something, you know. Um, yeah, 
I, well, I mean, uh, I think that, you know, with, with you guys being so close to even finishing the Psalms, uh, singing through them, um, I'm glad that we we have you here, even though you probably wouldn't use the word expert of yourself. No way. <laughs> uh, I consider you to be uh, a rather rather a subject matter expert now on having been through the whole thing, mostly. Um, and you can speak to it probably better than a lot of us can. So are there any other thoughts you might have before we land the plane here about using the Psalter? Um yeah, I, I would just say that it, you know, on the other side of on the other side of what I just said, it, it, it does cause you to sing things that you could not sing. I mean, man can only write songs, you know, that man can write. But God, if these are if if this is God's inspired word, you know, it gives you opportunity to sing what only God can say, or what only God could write, or what only or hmm. what only God knows about Himself. And so I think yeah. I think when you sing through the Psalms, it gives you an opportunity as a congregation. It, the the Psalms as we sing them together, it teaches us, teaches us probably the richest theology there is about God. God discloses so much about who He is in the Psalms, and you sing yeah. those on a regular basis. You can't help come to a better understanding, you know, of who God is, and and Christ as right. well. Wow. I mean, you sing Psalm twenty two. Hmm. What are you singing? Mm. Who are you? Singing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jesus said. Jesus told the disciples on the road to Emmaus, you got the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And they, you know, mm-hmm. they are Which written. They testify of him. They testify concerning yeah. me. Yep. So, you know, there's Christology there as well. Wow. And, I definitely uh, want to uh, link to this app, this Psalter app. Uh, I have it yep. on my iPad. Uh, nice layout um, where you can have the 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 hymn tune up top and under the helps tab you choose which tune you want they've got you know Crimmond, Wiltshire uh, mm-hmm. Torwood St. Columba and then you can go over to the psalm tab and now you've got the words to the uh, to the hymn with the tune above it and um, n- nicely laid out and just le- be neat for people to look at yeah yeah I'll put uh, everything we've talked about here in the show notes I've been taking notes as we've been talking so uh, we'll get Good. these resources out to all of our listeners, and uh, hopefully we can uh, take advantage of these. So we appreciate uh, Pastor Blair being with us for this episode. He's going to stick around uh, for the after show, um, but thank you uh, for being with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank. If you have any questions about this or any other topic, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions. Maybe it's something we're talking about. You agree, you disagree, doesn't matter. Just uh, tell us your thoughts or some thought out of left field. You know, you're driving home from work the other day and you're hungry and you're grumpy and all of a sudden some question comes to mind and you're like, yeah, I need to ask them about that. And uh, yeah, let us deal with that hangry question there and yeah. um, and uh, see what comes to mind. But anyway, thanks for joining us and, uh, and hope to see you back soon. Yes. And thank you once again to Pastor Blair. Uh, we are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice, this is Reason Together.